I read something crazy about Donald Trump. And they said that he has like a 30 mile per hour golf cart because most of them only go 10 to 15. So he always hits and then he takes off. Because you know he's cheating. Mean? Yeah, he's cheating. He's <laughs> going fluff it. He's cheating. And then this caddy I met said that uh, he'll tee off the fairway. I'm like, what kind of shit is that? George man? Lopez told me they played in the Pro-Am. George's joke said, he said, he said he saw him tee it up in a bunker, in a fairway <laughs> bunker. He teed it up with a, with a three-wood or driver or some shit out of the fairway bunker. And then George said a joke. He said, well, I'd do the same thing. I should be the vice president. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys, man? Welcome to another episode of Par 3. I am your co-host, Ben Baller, with my other co-host, J.R. Smith, my other co-host, Stephen Malben. This is unlike any other golf show you've ever listened to or watched in your life. Mr. Malben, I've been saying his name wrong for so long. You, so have you, motherfucker. No, facts. <laughs> so facts. You. We've been saying Malbon. It's actually Malben. They say Malboni, Malben, Malbon, but my, there it is. my family would say Malben. For as long as, as as you are a veteran, tell me like one of the funniest experiences you had on a golf course. One time I was riding in the in the cart at Braemar, and the Braemar is like a goat track, so it's all up on these hills, and it's all fucking hilly all over the place. And there's a, I think on the on the back nine, like the whole like thirteen or fourteen, there's a bunker on the left, and so it's a par five now. It used to be a par four, but so I hooked the ball over the over the bunker on the left up on this hill. I'm riding in the cart with my man Jeff Nemer, and he's a chef, so so he's in the cart. And and as a kid or something, he he got in a, a cart, golf cart wreck. So when you play with him, he constantly, yo, slow down, slow down. He's one of these guys on the cart path. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not gonna wreck the cart. What are you talking about? So we're going to my ball. I'm driving up this big ass hill, and the grass was a bit wet. So then you're driving the cart up the hill, and all of a sudden the cart kind of stops. And the wheels start spinning, and then we start sliding backwards. So I, now I'm out of control, sliding backwards, and I'm going sideways like this, and this is the bunker. And then I'm like this, and I'm thinking, oh fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit it and flip like that and go in and kill him, you know, because the car, because he's on that side, so he's gonna be in big trouble. So basically, at that exact moment, you know, don't think, just do. I just slammed the wheel like that, so I'd go into it, you know, straight. Cause I knew if I went into the cart sideways. And so as I whip the shit like that and I'm flying back getting ready to go back into the car, into the, into the bunker, he dives out of the cart and he hits and flips and he's fucking rolling in the <laughs> sand and shit. And I just backed it up. I'm slammed off the ledge and then just parked it right in the middle of the bunker safe. Some funny shit happens on the golf course. No, for sure, man. GR, man. I don't know if I'm going to be a partner. experience on a golf course, man. I don't know, man. Like I have a lot of, experiences that I feel like is funny, but it's just like casual shit. Like, you know, when I play when I play with my boys more than anything, it's like I think that's funny. Like I played with a couple of managers one time when I was playing with Cleveland. Like my guy, he doesn't play. His name is Mike. He doesn't play uh he's actually working with the Lakers now. He doesn't play like, you know, much because he's working on one of my guys constantly. We're out there on the course and, you know, He's just having a rough go. He's left, he's right, he's barely hitting the ball, like he's everywhere. And me, like, I wasn't as good as I am now, but I was like, you know, eighties, mid eighties, whatever. And he's like, Man, the only thing that can go wrong now is if I just hit the fucking ball backwards. 
And I swear, sure enough, as soon as he says it, he swings so hard. And the ball literally pops straight up in the air. He's like, where's it, like, where's it at? And we're both looking for the ball, can't find it. And as he brings the club back, the ball comes down, perfect timing. And the ball shoots back like 50 yards. And when I tell you, I was crying for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> I let like three groups go past me. I don't even think we finished the round. Uh, what's, your, what's your funniest uh, story that you got on the golf course so far? It was our first George Lopez Celebrity Classic uh, scramble, right? So my foursome is Joe Pesci, Lee Trevino, and this 22-year-old kid who has the course record at Lakeside. Shot a 62 there. I'm a Joe Pesci in the cart. And not a no big deal, but, you know, he's, he's old. I love driving, whatever, so I just wanted to drive the cart. I didn't know the situation. I didn't, I didn't think it was a big deal. But if I'm driving, you know, you put your, your bag first, right? I didn't know you. I just put my bag second. It didn't really fucking matter either way. But I guess the way mm. people are, they're like, no, your bag should be here. If you're driving, if you're a passenger, your bag should be in the passenger area. We got in a fight about that. I'm thinking the whole time, like, dude, man, from the super to casino, Goodfellas, even Home Alone, like, I love this. This is fucking amazing. It's like literally, you know, I remember telling my producers, Miles Jordan, I was like, yo, bro, I'm fucking playing with Joe Pesci. This is incredible. That was going to be the greatest experience ever. And I was like, hey, man, uh, it was really nice to meet you, you know, and George introduced us and everything. He's like, yeah, man, get in the fucking passenger seat and shut the fuck up. And I was like, oh, I was like, you, I'll drive. It's cool. He goes, shut the, f listen, man, get in the passenger seat. And I was like, all right, man, cool. Every time we go up, it's a country club. There's rules, obviously. I've never been on a fucking golf course before in my entire life. I didn't know you could drive, you can't drive on the green. But Joe Pesci is driving on the green every fucking time. The caddy's like, come on, Joe, you know you can't drive on the green. Huh? Shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of here. He's like literally driving almost like four or five feet into the green, like driving like the cart onto the green. I just don't want to say anything because the dude's already mad at me for no fucking reason. So we go to the second hole. The uh, Lee Trevino misses the putt. Course record kid, 22-year-old kid, he misses the putt. And then Joe Pesci misses the putt. And he looks at me, he goes, listen, Yang. He didn't even fucking realize my last name really is Yang, right? He just said, listen, Yang. And he goes, I'm going to make this fucking putt. I'm going to fucking stab you. And I was like, the fuck is going on, man? This is crazy. Fuck this shit. But I saw three lines go in, so I make the putt. He goes, fucking motherfucker, man. Begin, and I was like, I made the putt. He's like, yeah, no one gives a fuck, man. Shut the fuck up. I'm like, God damn, bro. Like, we're two holes in. Like, this is crazy. So we get to the next thing, boom. We end up coming back to that hole in the back nine. It's like hole 15, I think. It's like 140-yard par three. But there's like all this bullshit. There's like a hazard in the middle. And then you get to the part. I was so new to golf, I took out a fucking hybrid. There was no wind or nothing. I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? And I hit the ball and I got on the green. That's how bad I was, you know what I'm saying? I was brand new. But the whole time... Me and Joe were just going at it. He's driving on the green. He's doing shit. He's smoking cigarettes. acting <laughs> fucking acting a fool. And I was like, this got to be the greatest first golf experience ever. I don't know. That's, that's definitely up there. Joe Pesci, man. You know, it's Lee Trevino, you know, some fucking crazy ass shit. Who, who do you think is the dopest, like, pros you've met? Like, just to kick it with or just on a course, just like, you know, chill, not really like, you know. It, it, I haven't played with a whole lot of pros, but like kicking it with, like, Colin is such a nice guy. Like, sometimes I wish he was like mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I even told him, I said, man, maybe you should walk into Justin Thomas's line one day or smack somebody. He's just too nice. Like, he's just such a, such a chill dude. Him, super cool. Again, AK is really cool. Everyone else, man, I don't really vibe with, man. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, because you know how we grew up or like how, even, you know, just, just the, 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 the culture and just being yeah. out and going to clubs and stuff. Like, these dudes ain't going out like that. It's a different type. Like, John Daly has that vibe. You know, these no, dudes are sure. pretty like. Outgoing. Yeah, not just outgoing, though. They're just, like, different. Like, they're... 
I almost feel like they're still in a fraternity. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like, they're just different. Like, when we was in Tokyo going to party, like, yo, let's go out. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, okay, we're going to turn up. I didn't want to turn up at all, bro. It was some real, I was like, shit, I'm about to fall asleep. What about you? I like Cameron Champ. I like Tony Fina a lot. Ricky's great. Jesper Parnovic is cool as shit. It's a short list, you know? <laughs> short it's a short list. list. <laughs> and it's not because I, I just, those are just the ones that I actually know, have played with, et cetera. Like Ricky took us out to Madison Club and played with Ricky. And he's like, Ricky, you meet Ricky. And within like two minutes, you're like friends. Like you've known him your whole life. Like yeah. he's just that easy going. And, you know, he's reading your putts for you all day. He's like basically caddying and helping. He's like a a nice host, you know what I mean? Right. He's hosting us. So he's he's telling the story, all this whole this and this. He's, you know, commentating the entire time. Tony's the best ever. Tony's just like smiling nonstop and the sweetest person you can meet. He's he's nice to everyone and like the most humble, coolest, coolest dude ever. Cameron Champ's cool. He's great. He's, he's, he hits it a long, a long way. I like playing with the LPGA pros probably better, but I, I've only played in two or three pro-ams. So I've done the pro-ams on the men's side and the women's side and then playing just fucking around with like people like Ricky and, you know, down at the Grove. I did a few holes with Phil. I played with Phil and Q at the Bridges in San Diego. Mm -hmm. The back nine, Phil came out and played with us and he's he's great. He's giving schoolboy Q lessons the whole time. Well, Q's right-handed. You know what I mean? So he's giving them lessons with Q's clubs right-handed. So that was a good time. And just like the juxtaposition of Q being Q and Phil Mickelson being Phil and those two like being best friends after, wow. you know, two, three holes. That's the thing with golf. It's like, how else would Q and Phil kick it? Right. Right? Like they're so different of humans. And then all of a sudden they're in a golf cart together and like, Q's my man, but he wasn't fucking with me anymore once Phil was out there. He's just fucking with <laughs> Phil. He's just talking to Phil nonstop, asking questions, drinking tequila. I mean, JR, you must have, you play with MJ yet? Yeah, I play with MJ. Oh, man, I got to hear this, bro. Talk about that. It's crazy, bro, because, like, playing with Mike, is you obviously see why he is who he is because he's so fucking competitive, and he's, like, so locked into his shit. I seen Bron, you know, obviously lock in, but like MJ's locked into the on the golf course or whatever he's doing. He's like got this his whole regiment that he does before he plays. He's hitting balls for like 10, 15 minutes. So his short shots for 10, 15 minutes. He'll putt for 10, 15 minutes. So his bunker shots for 10, 15 minutes, and he's ready to go. You can tell he's not on like a I gotta hit this that many balls or whatever. He's all on the field timer. You know, so he's like, he feels, he, he pretty much feels the game completely. Like, for me, I like, one thing I like to do, I like to go watch the pros. When I go to these events, like, I try to get there early and see how they, what their practice habits are, what do they do and certain things. And I play with them like two or three times. And every time I get there, I try to get, I try to beat him to the course just so I can watch his, his little nuances. Right. Cause for me, I feel like, you, you know, where any great person or things people do have done great, there's little nuances that they have that other people don't, that they, that they do that is what makes them great. So when I see him on a golf course and, like, I try to figure out what made him great, not only on the basketball court, but in business, on golf, as a person, and, and how he's so competitive. So when I'm watching him, it's just like the whole experience was completely different to me. The first time I seen him, I was like, 
okay, I was like really like a fanboy. You yeah. know what I mean? I was just like, oh shit, this is MJ the whole time. I was watching how he tied his shoes, like watching these motherfuckers chewing gum the same way he was, his swag was just crazy. Right. And it's like the second or third time, I was just like, okay, now I'm peeping you. Like now I, I, I see how you moving around. I see, okay. Is I, he really I, a plus one handicap, you think? Or is he is he like? No, nah, he was like a four. He's like a four, but he he plays so much. His and there's no there's first of all at the Grove there's no handicap like they have their own handicap system. There's not they're not on the USGA rating or anything like that. So for him, they mark the tees however they mark it, and that's the number for the day. I mean, he's pure though. He he he's, he's no, nah, he's legit. Like his short game is crazy. His short game is crazy, but he don't hit the ball long, so he's never really in trouble because so, he set the course up to. <laughs> where he long yeah. yeah, someone said that. So I mean, I, I don't know if Marcus told me, but they said that it he made that course to like cater to his his, yeah, his game and counter sure. against a dude that can hit it far. Yeah. So when he hits it his normal distance off the tee, it the fairway is the widest. Mm -hmm. But if you hit it 20, 30 yards further than him, that motherfucker gets tight, tight and narrow. <laughs> yeah. Rolls off this way, rolls off <laughs> yeah. that way. Oh shit! So he, he he called it. They called it his. Uh, he called it the. Uh, it's the slaughterhouse. slaughterhouse. The slaughterhouse. Because he can take anybody there and just. It's funny, have I just played Shadow Creek last weekend and, um, you know, they have like Clinton's name and, you know, the, the, the lockers and stuff. Jordan has a locker there. And the dude was like, yo, man, check out MJ's uh, custom golf cart. He had all UNC baby blue Garia. cement, you know, jump man all over it. That's yeah, $40,000 Garia. I don't it's know what Denmark. it was. It just was it's sick. A, it's a Mercedes engineer, Mercedes engineer, Denmark golf car company i rock with one too they're incredible you know what i was Garia. about to talk i was gonna talk about something else but i just read something really crazy i read something crazy about donald trump and they said that he has like a 30 mile per hour golf cart because most of them only go 10 to 15 so he always hits and then he takes off you know, he's cheating. yeah he's cheating, this he's he's fluff cheating. It. cheating and then this caddy i met said that uh he'll tee off the fairway I'm like, what kind of shit is that? George man? Lopez told me they played in the pro am. George's joke said he said, he said he saw him tee it up in a bunker, in a fairway <laughs> bunker. He teed it up with a with a three wood or driver or some shit out of the fairway bunker. And then George said a joke. He said, Well, I'd do the same thing. I should be the vice president. <laughs> Shout out to George Lopez, man. He's definitely the reason why uh before me and you've had a call, he's the one who got me really to start playing golf. So right now I want to pivot. I want to talk about each one of ours moment, the moment, you know, you knew the moment, the, the monumental moment, moment. In, in golf, your golf, your golf moment. Like what was your golf moment, Steven? I played tennis first. I was playing little like, you know, 10, 11 year old, or 12 and under tennis tournaments and stuff. So but then I got the job at the golf course when I was 12. So I think the first time I realized that I was really hooked on golf is when I started holding the tennis racket with the golf grip. You know what I mean? I was swinging the tennis racket, thinking like, like I still do the same shit, just doing little air, air swings. So that was probably the first moment I realized that golf is uh, it's very addictive. You know, and that's when I was bit. Let's say like now, where you are, right? Like you're a very humble person. I'm not the most humble person. I become more humble because of golf. But I mean, like Malbin, you know what I'm saying? The brand. Like, what was that like when you started that? Because that had to be a monumental moment, like getting into stores and becoming, you know, to where it is today. This is, you know, this is the coolest brand in golf. I'm sorry, I'm not saying it because you're my boy. I'm saying it because it's the truth. 
Like, what was that like, that like, moment? So we had a, I had a creative space, and I, I had, like, a little agency. So the agency, I had to switch offices. So then I had had an Instagram because when I got a hook to golf again, I kept putting golf photos on my personal Instagram. But that was more like, you know, like graffiti and art and weird old-fashioned shit. And my kids mainly, so all of my friends and followers, none of them golfed. So I would put up photos of, like, Greg Norman or some shit, and everyone's like, what is that? <laughs> I get, like, two likes because nobody yeah. likes golf. <laughs> And so then I started a new Instagram for and just named it my last name, Marvin Goff. Like I figured it would one day get me like I could go play like Bel Air or something. I didn't know what I had no idea what I was doing, except I was putting up images and using it like a mood board. And so then my wife was like, she, you know, you only like to talk about golf anyway. Let's turn that Instagram with the little 30,000 followers or something. Let's try to turn it into a business. And why don't we open a little pro shop in front of a creative studio in Fairfax? And so that's what we did. And then I think one of the few of those moments were like Bieber came by, Justin Bieber came by and was like, can I hit balls, you know, blah, 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 like by himself. And he's like hitting balls in there. And, you know, George Lopez came by and like these celebrity Hollywood type people were coming by because people are so addicted with golf. It's like Justin, Justin Bieber has a million things he could be doing, but he knew there was someone told him there was a simulator in there and that was it. And so that was probably some of the first moments where I was like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Or like Justin Timberlake following me on Instagram, liking all the photos and shit. And I'm like, damn, this dude is, it's not me. He just loves golf so much yeah. that we gave a different way of the look golf, a different look. And so that was when I started to realize that like Hollywood is a hell of a place. You know, there's a lot of celebrities and there's a lot of people here. And when those people start supporting you, then like, you know, you were talking about Korea a couple episodes back. And like when Justin Bieber's rocking your shit, all those fans in Korea, like his fans are all those pop stars you're talking yeah. about. So then they all start rocking our shit in Korea. The Korea pop stars are rocking it because the pop stars here are rocking it. And then, you know, it just starts to go. Another time was wild is the CEO of TaylorMade called just do DA. And they were like, yo, the, the, the CEO of TaylorMade is on the phone when I was in the little shop on Fairfax. He wants to talk to you. I'm like, damn, he wants to talk to me? Like, I grew up playing, like, TaylorMades and all that. So he got on the phone and he said, hi, this is David, da-da-da, I'm CEO of TaylorMade. And I really would like to understand, you know, more about your business. And then I hit him with the... Well, that makes two of us, buddy. <laughs> I don't have a fucking clue what I was doing. <laughs> and then, but then when, it, when you start having that, that, like, real big celebrities and then, like, executives of huge golf brands, like, really curious and looking in and, like, trying to figure out who we are, what we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it, that was probably when I started to realize, like, we, we got something here. No, it's fucking amazing. That's not for this episode, but I was a person about Bieber to Korea for the first time. And let me tell you, that was the biggest, that was four or five days of hell. Like I, we didn't speak for like a year after that dog. It was, we, we just played golf like actually a month ago, but man, B, we used to be a wild boy. He's actually, he's, he's all right, decent. He, he's, yeah, he grew up playing. He's, he's got, he got a little something in him. JR, man, what was your moment in golf, man? Like what was the moment? You know, I don't really know when, ex when exactly it happened for sure. But like, I know for me, like growing up, we always had this imagination of like, no matter where, you can hoop anywhere. You can hoop in your mind more than anything. Your mind is a gym. And so many times 
whether it be in the mall, the shoe store, in, in the house, or just acting like I had a basketball. It was just like, as air, just shooting free throws, dribbling, like, I mean, walking in the mall, practicing certain moves on people, they, like, where there's literally no ball on my hand. People are like, what is he doing? When I realized I started doing that with golf, I was just like, oh, it's over. Like, I was literally in shoe stores, like, in... <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? I'm over here at Bed Bath and Beyond trying to pick out. So and I'm over here working on my follow through. I'm I'm in the game. I got Justin Thomas sitting right there. We playing Indiana in the playoffs. So with the Knicks and JT's right there. I'm at the free throw. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> like he's just like, bro, it's the play. I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, God. bro, I gotta get my I gotta get my putt in right like like, bro. When I when I started doing shit like that, it was just like, yeah, I got it bad, bro. I got it really bad. And then going to school and making that decision to play competitively, like, it's just been, it's over. It's over for me. I'm, I've been snake bit for a while now. And they ain't, oh, ain't no shit, turning yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it almost makes me think, like, nowadays, my our parents, well, my parents is like, what did you, like, I forgot what life was like without social media or Instagram. Like, y'all all are glued to your phones. I forgot what life was like without golf. Like, when I didn't play golf, I don't remember what I was doing. Like, I literally, that's pretty much the only thing I watch. It's the only thing I really think about. It's the only thing I really want to do other than <laughs> hang out with my kids. Like, what is there, what was life like before golf? That's crazy, man. That was my moment. What was your moment, though? What was that moment for you? You just like, yeah, this is it. And I know it's only been a, uh, just a year, but there's this little par three course in, in uh, Studio City called Weddington. And uh, there's been, I mean, Justin Timberlake, Bieber, there's a bunch of people have been playing through there. I've seen, first time I went there, Sylvester Stallone is getting a lesson from my coach. Like, you know, so like, it's a cool little spot, but it's a cool little part three. My coach had told me, he was like, hey man, you know, you're sharpen up your short game here because the longest hole here is 135. So I was just go out there and play every so often. Hole three, 75 yards. It's a mat that you hit off of, right? So I put the tee on, the tee's like this big, right? And I take my 56 wedge out. It's about 6 o'clock, 6.10 p.m., and it's a beautiful day, and I'm just chilling. I had a ball on the tee. I don't take a practice swing, and I just look right at the, I look at my target, and I hit the ball, and it just goes high, perfectly high. Goes 10 foot past the pin, and it fucking rolls in, hole in one ace. I screamed. I Oof. went absolutely insane. I call my coach immediately. I'm running to the fucking hole. I forgot my clubs, by the way. He doesn't pick up the fucking phone. I go crazy, screaming. And then the first thing I say, because I had the haters out of control now, because golf's hard and people are like, fuck you, you're not that way, well, you're not good. No one's going to believe me. No. No one's going to fucking believe me. So there's no reason for me to fucking even talk about it. Ball went 10 feet. I see the pitch mark and it rolled in. Go and get my clubs. I finished the course. I go home. I don't say shit. It was a Saturday, right? So Sunday comes around. Ron's like, yo, how'd you do yesterday? And I was like, oh, I shot 34. I shot seven over. It was pretty good. And I was like, let me show you my scorecard. Show him the scorecard. I don't say nothing else. I just want to just look at the scorecard. Hole three is going to be a one, right? And he's like, I know that doesn't say, that's not a hole in one, like J-U-A-N, right? Like one. And I was like, bro, it's a hole in one, dog. I, I don't know what to say because no one's going to believe me anyway, so it doesn't matter. And he goes, little did you know, there's cameras on that course. I hope they're on. And I'm like, bro, 
It would fucking mean everything to me, dog. Saturday between 6.10 and 6.15 p.m. is when I was at Hole 3. Please have them fucking look at it. Please. And he goes, oh, but best believe I'm going to do this. You know what, too? He goes, I don't fucking like liars. He goes, because liars, it's a bad fucking thing, man. He goes, it's really going to show me who you are as a person. Coming to practice on Monday, there's a girl, Jen, that works the front desk. Dude named Eric, who's like the groundskeeper there. Walks over, goes, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? And I was like, oh, yeah, fuck, you remember me finally. I've been coming here for fucking months. And he goes, you got to go see Jen. Go see Jen at the front. And I was like, oh, okay. I just saw her. He goes, no, just go see Jen. It's cool. So I go to the front desk. She brings out a certificate. Congratulations, hole in one, hole three, Weddington course, like a certificate and everything, man, bro. That was my fucking moment like crazy. And the whole day, my coach is mad at me. He's like, he doesn't have a hole in one there. He's like, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? He's like sitting there like... That was a that was a big moment for me because you know I've been like six seven months into it you know swinging the club and just and I was like maybe like my tenth time playing there or something and twelfth time playing there and, and I um at hole in one that was the moment for sure. That's huge because I don't have any. <laughs> you got one for right. Like seven months you get one. You got one. Oh, you got two. Excuse me. I man. made one. I hit a five iron, a thin five iron, and a member guest on the eighteenth hole at the Cavalier Golf and Yacht Club where I grew up. I was playing a member guest with my pops. So basically we were playing, we started on like the 15th hole because everybody started on different holes and we were down like two or three holes. And so I was tight. And then we, like I missed the putt on, on the 17th hole. So it was a little tight. So I, I remember hitting the weed pin as like hard as I could hit it, <laughs> changed my energy up. And then there were a few off sprays like with the babies. So I'm like, psh, psh. I'm like tweaking out, playing with the, with the off sprays. So I go to the tee box and I tee it up. And the day before my grandmother, and my grandfather had been out there and uh, we did the practice round and I hit a six iron like 10 foot short. But I hit it perfect, a little draw off the clubhouse, there's water to the left. And so then I did, uh, so I was like, well, if I was 10 foot short, I'll just hit the five iron, I'll probably make it. And then I hit the five iron just a little thin, but it was, it was, it was drawling in, you know? And then as soon as I did it, the, the head pro was standing there and he goes, wow, that looks good. That looks really good. Damn, that looks good. And then I looked and I saw there was a Lincoln SUV and then I look back at him, and he's like, yeah, it looks really good. And then all of a sudden, the girl up at the putting, you know, the green, she starts jumping up and down and shit. And I'm like, damn, I just made a hole-in-one and won a $60,000 Lincoln SUV. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what happened. True story. And then I I cashed it in and gave 20 grand to my wife, 20 grand to the IRS, 20 grand to my, to my mom. And I just dunked the five iron and hit, and it broke. But you know what I mean? It's like making a hole-in-one... It takes a lot of skill to get it within a foot. Yeah. It takes pure luck for it to go in. 100%. Cuz I couldn't even see the hole. It's like on a you know, the green broke like that. I hit it out to the right. It hit it, bounced, it rolled in the hole. And then I made one a couple of maybe 6 8 months ago at Poppy Hills. I hit a little 8 iron, a little 8 iron draw, one bounce, hit the pin, went in. Let me Golf's ask you, man, since we're talking thing. about this. This happens to be like a big discussion. In fact, I saw Golf Digest post it, golf.com all that. Do you consider a, a, a par three course a hole-in-one? Is that a hole-in-one to you? Hell yeah. Is a hole-in-one a hole-in-one, JR? A par three course? Yeah, like if that you make like a hole-in-one just... on a par three, is it a hole-in-one? It's a, I mean, it's 100 and something yards, right? Yeah. I don't give a damn. It's 90 some yards. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a hole. It's a, yeah. From you tee it up and you hit it in the hole. That's, a, that's, that's an ace a hole in, in my one. book. The ace. Yeah, it's an ace. I had a question about something because I'm still new to things and a lot of people who listen to this may have their own opinions curious because both you guys have played way more than I have. How much difference do you think there is between a Pro-V, Srixon, Bridgestone, TP5X, 
top flight, all that shit. Does a ball make a big difference, you think, Stephen? It doesn't make a big difference to me. If it's a hard ball, then I know it's not going to zip and spin back when I hit the green. I know it'll roll further. So as long as I know what I'm playing, but like I, I play softball. So if I have in my bag, if I have tailor-made Titleist Callaway and I happen to have them all in there and they're the ones that the pros play, sometimes I'll even just grab a handful of them out, grab three and put it in my pocket. So like one hole I could play, I'll play a Titleist for a couple holes. And if I lose that ball, then I'll start playing a tailor-made one and I'll start playing a Callaway one, whatever. I don't... It doesn't matter to me. If I hit it in the middle of the club, I'm going to get pretty much the desired uh, effect. But there is a difference between a softball and a hardball, for sure. I mean, tell the people, why, why is that? The softball is going to hit and have more control when it hits the green. Sometimes if I get techy, there is a difference between like a Pro V1 and a Pro V1X. Like one will spin more than the other. So if you're on a green that has a lot of false fronts, which means the green has like a cliff on the front of it. And if you hit it in the middle of the green and it spins back too much, it'll catch a hill and roll like 40 yards off the green. Like a lot of Fazio, false greens, Donald false Ross. fronts, Donald Ross. Yeah, like so, you know, if you're really trying to figure it out, yeah, it does, it does matter. But, you know, if I hit it, the what? if I hit the shot I'm trying to hit, the result's very similar between a TaylorMade, a Titleist, a Srixon, or a Callaway, as long as they're the ones that the pros play. Like, they're made for a certain amount of spin. Right. Mm -hmm. So, give or take, it's going to be the same result. Because I was yeah. asking, when I was a, when I went to the Kingdom first time, you know, they put my bag next to Tiger's bag, and I'm sure they're watching this right now, so I don't give a fuck. I opened Tiger's fucking bag. I don't want to see what the fuck was in there. And so, he had Bridgestone balls, and I was actually shocked. And then I had asked Trotty, I was like, yo, man, how come, you know, you don't play with the TP5? Because he got a Bridgestone deal, so we have the balls here for him, you know. And I was like, well, what if he went back and decided to play a Titleist or, or a TaylorMade? They said it would probably take him 30 days to get used to the TaylorMade ball. And I'm like, why is it so different for him that if a ball's a ball, right? I mean, I mean, I th but I, th I think that's the same as the technology within the clubs. Because, I mean, we remember when Rory was at the top of his game before he switched to Nike clubs. I mean, he was with Titleist and he was balling out. Then he struggled for a while when he switched to Nike and and all of that just because of the technology isn't the same. Some certain companies are just way more advanced and other companies just tr have to try and keep up to an, to an extent. So I think there is a, there's definitely a difference in the ball, but there's also a difference in each and every individual swing, what type of speed, what type of spin numbers you have. Like, you know, typically what, it, I don't know, like what, an eight iron is like 8,000, RPM speeds or, or spin, whatever, but some people were a little lower, some were a little higher, so you got to change that, make that difference up on that ball. So for me, like, I'm a lot like him. I like to try to play the softer ball because I want my ball to spin more. I want to cast the ball 10, 15 yards behind yeah. the pin and let it come back opposed to it hitting short and then it runs off the green. I hate that feeling. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> to me, that's like the worst thing ever. I hit the yeah. perfect shot and it just goes through the green. I'd rather it check up and see the spin, the backspin on and come back. But that's all. You, what, what ball do you play with? Uh, TP5. And go. the pros too, there did the, the difference between like Tiger or Rory or someone, it's like when they miss, they're pissed if they miss it by like four foot. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not cool with me. It's like if I hit a, if I'm 175 and I just hit a good seven iron, like I know I'm on the green, but I don't know if I'm like four foot from the hole. These dudes are trying to hit it like 
exactly to a certain spot and make it do exactly what they want. So they have ability to hit it in like, like they could hit it in a, a, from 180. They could hit like make it hit and sit next to the ball mark, make it hit and suck back 15 foot, make it hit and suck back two foot, make it hit and go forward two foot or make it hit and go forward 15 foot. So they have the ability to do all that. When you get in that technical, you need to know what the ball's going to do. But like, I'm not that tech. I'm just trying to hit it near the flag and hopefully make a play. Yeah, because for them, it's like, you know, and one of my one of my coaches I've had, he made a lot of sense to me with my short game is putting it like, putting it on that clock in a sense or uh, percentages. Like with the pros, for me, it's very hard to differentiate 70% to 75%. For them, they could differentiate 70%, 71%, 72%, 73%, all, like, all the way to 100, Yeah, no, I, I know. Like, I was, I played in the uh, BMW Classic with, with Tony in, um, in Delaware. I'm like, I'm like, damn, Tony, you smashing. He's like, yeah, I got, like, 20 miles an hour in my bag that I don't even use. Like, what? You got an extra 20 miles an hour in your bag that you don't even use just because it's like, yeah, just because, you know, I'd, I want to play more target golf opposed to just spraying it everywhere. Yeah, I heard Rory say that. He was saying if he goes or some, was it Rory? He said if he goes over 75%, he's yeah. going to shank. 100%. Well, like Bryson DeChambeau told me once, he said, you know why I learned how to drive it 400 yards? I'm like, because you want to hit it far? He's like, no, nah, so I can chip it 350. Because if you hit it hard, you miss here. And if you chip it, you miss here. So like Tony on the on number 18 at, at Riviera, he played the pro tees, I played the normal tees. And so I hit driver, he hit driver, we're side by side. So then I hit like five iron, I had like, I don't know, 185, 190 uphill. So I hit a fucking hard five iron, hit the hill, sucked back and came back down. Tony hits it like four foot. I said, what'd you, what'd you hit, five iron? He's like, nah, I chipped a three. He's <laughs> like, why would he hit a hard five iron if he could just chip a three iron? Yeah. He chipped the three iron. I played with... Uh, Harry Higgs and Harry Higgs. Harry said, Higgs, he my said favorite every golfer. Time he, every time he, when he's playing his best, he takes two clubs extra. So he's horrified of flying the green. And then he just chips it. And he do these little low flights that goes up, but it hits and it yeah, rolls checks. one foot and stops. It's never zipping. It just hits and goes one foot and stops. So he, it's like if, if he could hit a six, he grabs the four iron. And then you have to control your body and you have to hit swing properly. Yeah. And if you swing hard, you, you the harder you swing, the more the you can miss, right? Just take an extra club or two and chip it. Man, Makes sense. I can't wait to get there. I'll tell you that right now. Well, guys, man, that's another episode of part three. You guys are never gonna know what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about everything. Do club reviews, country club reviews, golf course reviews, ball reviews, everything. Our TikTok golfers cap. You know what I mean? It's YouTube golf cap. And what's edited? <laughs> we're just going to talk about everything. That's what part three is about. Thank you guys for tuning in. Signing off. Ben Baller, my man, J.R. Smith, my man, Steve Malben.